Welcome to the Mom Owned and Operated Podcast, the podcast about moms and for moms, where we have candid conversations about running a business, raising a family, and remembering ourselves. I'm your host, Rita Suzanne, a single mom of four, digital strategist, and provider of no-nonsense business strategies and tactics. Hi, this is Rita Suzanne, and today I have my guest, Yael, with me. Yael, I'm so excited to chat with you some more and get to know more about you, your business, and your family. Um, Would you please give us a quick introduction and tell us more about you? Um, Sure. Okay. So hi, I'm Yael Bendehan. I am a New York expat. Um, I live in Israel now, and uh, I am a mom of five kids and have another one currently on the way. Um, I started my business, ooh, back in 2018, uh, 2017, I think, um, when my husband was like, ooh, we have four kids and only one income. And I think we need another one. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't even graduate high school. What do you want from me? And I started down right. this journey of trying out all these different things. I did like photography and cake decorating and gift basket making. And finally I was like, maybe I could find something to do. I started like looking on Pinterest for like work at home ideas for moms. And, uh, and the idea of blogging actually came up and I was like, Ooh, I could be a mommy blogger. So I learned all the skills to blog, which was great. And then I start a blog and I realized that a blog is not going to be a, an income strategy anytime soon. Like it takes time for this to grow. So my friend said to me like, well, why don't you just become a virtual assistant for bloggers since you know all this stuff anyway. And I'd started that. I got my first client in a Facebook group. I was so excited. It was like $15 an hour. And I was like, check me out. I'm like a freaking tycoon. Um, (laughs) And I I know, like, I think I was making like $300 a month. And I was like, $300 a month. You know, it was, it was like from dollars to shekels, it was a big deal. So I was like, It was, it was, it was significant enough that I was really excited. And I remember saying to my mom at the time, like, you know, I get like another couple of clients like this. I could be making like a thousand dollars a month. And she goes, wow, that is like incredible. You know, right, you know, right. you with your lack of any sort of higher education, like that's so exciting. So, um, so I ended up becoming a virtual assistant for bloggers. Um, I started doing social media for them. Then I realized that actual businesses paid more <laughs> for social media than bloggers did. Um, moved into doing more of that, like more speaking to business owners rather than bloggers and started learning just all the stuff about online marketing and just completely fell in love with, you know, ads and funnels and offers and launches and all that kind of stuff. I did funnel, I did like funnel building and ads and strategy, launch strategy um, up until my daughter was born. Um, so in mm-hmm. 2020, I kind of shifted over. Um, I, sh- I I actually shifted into productizing my services more until then I was trying to build this like all inclusive agency, which, um, I realized after a while I didn't actually want, like my whole idea was like this million dollar agency. Cause that's what people in my world were doing. And I realized I don't actually want that. I don't want to deal with more team. I have enough team at home to deal with and people that I have to like mm-hmm. boss around. I'm like, I don't need a lot more of these people. Like this is not, this is not for me. So I started, I, I lean more into productized services so doing more, um, launch strategy, launch copy, and things like that. And I started adding on coaching um, in 2020. This was like during COVID, all four of my kids were home. I was pregnant with my daughter. And I was just like, I need something else. Um, I need to shift into something else because like this is just not working for me with like my time zone. I'm seven hours ahead of Eastern. So I was like, 
I just was getting tired. I was just getting burnt out from like doing sales calls late at night and just, you know, all working on other clients' timelines and the practice services were really helping. But I also mm-hmm. realized I really enjoy teaching. So in 2020, when I had her in July, I officially like closed down the service side of my business. I moved entirely into coaching. Um, at the end of that year, I launched my first like, no, actually, no, I launched my first coaching program in March 2020. And then I like revamped it, made it a whole official thing, had an actual webinar for it, relaunched at the end of 2020, like December 2020, got my first, had like a 30K launch for that, for that um program. And then it that's that's what it's been since then. I've been coaching moms to um to build their own six-figure service-based businesses uh without burning out. Because <laughs> I learned I did it, I did the burnout way first, and then I did it the non-burnout way, and I figured out how to do it the non-burnout way. And that's what I help them do. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Pardon me. Um to do any type of service, right? Like, yeah. I don't think that um, it's a long-term thing for a lot of people. You know, I was a web designer for forever. And so I started, um, I think in 2020 was when I decided like, okay, I don't think that I can do services anymore. It's just so draining for me. And, um, you know, especially when you have a lot of kids, so I can imagine having five kids, especially with a newborn and then launching a new service and having that, um, I guess, insecurity of switching over and pivoting because a lot of time the pivot is so hard and so stressful. Would you say like, or did, did you feel like it came easy to you? Um, Ooh, so, and it's just, it actually wasn't the actual services that was as much the issue for me. It was just the, because of my time zone, mm-hmm. I just found that it was very hard for me to be on my clients' timelines the way that like they needed me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that you can do services in a way that don't, that don't burn you out. Like I've still done like VIP days. Um, like I build content strategies for people and I've done like built launch strategies for people. Like that is my own, you know. Right. And I still have done copy. I did copy, you know, occasionally like for other people, like over the, over the, over the years. Um, but it's, it's, I'm able to, I'm able to do it like kind of like on my terms, so to speak. And I really mm-hmm. do think like even with web design or something like you can create, you can do it in a way that like, it's your party. And I think very often service providers go into providing services with kind of still like a little bit of an employee mentality a little bit. So it's like, okay, but what do you need and whatever, but you need this by then. And how can we do this? And so it becomes, it does become very draining because you are, you, you're, 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 you're running your own business, but you're acting towards your clients a little bit like, like they, like they, they're your boss. And I think, mm-hmm. and I, and I work really hard. Like that's why my, my whole program is called CEO Mom Academy, CEO Mom Mastermind, because it's about being the CEO of your business, being the CEO of your home also. Cause I, I have to run my house like, like a CEO. I have a whole team. I train them in. Um, not every, everyone does everything perfectly, but like it needs to happen if everything, if everything needs to get done. Um, but I, but I also, I didn't kind of jump straight from one thing to the other. I added on, Ooh, so January, 2020 was my lowest month, probably in like over a year, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, I made like $2,000 because I was in my first trimester of pregnancy. I was so sick. I also like fell into depression because I have a tendency towards that. And it was a really, really, really hard period. So I basically went like completely radio silent on social media and I stopped promoting anything. I was just, my friends were literally reaching out to me like, are you alive? Like, what is going on with you? And I realized that like the way I was running my business was not sustainable because if I was not working 
all the time, I would not mm-hmm. make any money. And I was like, well, I need to set something up that enables me to make money even if I'm not working, if something like this happens again, right? Or if I have a baby, which I will be in six months. And so, um, and so at that point, I switched from doing like all the things like I was offering funnel building and, 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 and doing launches and ads and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I'm doing launch strategy and launch copy. That's what I'm mm-hmm. doing. I will help you plan out your whole launch. We'll work on the timelines, work on everything. I will write all your copy for you. And that is where my job ends. <laughs> I was like, right. and, and it was, it was so relaxing for me. And so February ended up being a 15 K cash month. And then in March, I launched my first group program, which is a three month group program, which ended up being a 20 K cash month. Mm-hmm. Um, with a mix of the services and the coaching. And I continued to mix the two until July when I had her. Then in July, I actually sold my first mastermind to the people who were in my coaching program. I got three mm-hmm. women in. Um, and then I also had a bunch of payment plans coming in from other stuff that I've been selling throughout the time. And I and that was like my first mastermind. It was so it was so exciting. It was the best thing ever. I I'm still touched. One of the one of those women right now is the copy coach in my current um in my current mastermind. So she's amazing. Mm-hmm. And and so it wasn't like this, like switch like this. I was able mm-hmm. to kind of, while I was still doing the services, I was like inching into that world of coaching and teaching. And so it didn't feel so scary because I was like, oh, I already proved that I could do it, you know? Yeah. And so it was, it was scary to let go entirely of the service. I'm not, it, it was, it was, it was like, that was like, I know I can make money that way. Like that for me selling services, yeah. it's funny. I've I don't sell serve. I don't sell coaching on on sales calls. Like I don't really do coach. I don't think I've ever sold coaching on a sales call ever. Actually, I've always done it in the DMs mm-hmm. because literally, like when I sold my program, it was March. It was March 2020, so it was like around before Passover time, and I didn't have time to get on calls with anyone because I was busy cleaning my house. So I was just like, "Listen, if you have any questions, please just DM me. Here's the link, and I'm happy to chat back and forth with you on voice notes." Before I even knew DM selling was a thing, by the way, I was like, "I'm like, I just don't have." I don't have time to get on a sales call, but like, I'm happy to go back and forth with you as much as you need to discuss it. Right. And I got a whole bunch of women into there. I think it was like between seven and 10. I forgot exactly how many. And, um, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I don't even need to do sales calls for this. So I actually, the, the services was something like I knew how to do. The coaching was a little bit newer, but because of that, I was able to just like ease into it. And so mm-hmm. when I had that big launch, I actually joined a co- coaching program to help me build that whole high ticket sale, sales ecosystem, whatever the whole system. Um, I joined it in October. Yeah. Um, it was like 20 K, uh, I paid in full and then, and I made like, I, I made my money back like one and a half X, like by December, you know, I think it was eight weeks later. So, um, so I, it was a really, it was really great validation though. I'm like, okay, so I know I have something that people need, people want, and, Mm -hmm. um, and I know I can sell it. And so I didn't really look back from there. I think that, um, I will like, I want to say, what is the word? I I will just basically get on here and talk about how as a service provider, having just straight services was the worst thing for me in the world. However, when I pivoted and started doing VIP days, that was when I started making the most money I had ever made. And so um, I can just validate that VIP days, if you're a service provider, best, best thing to do, right? Best way to go. And now because I was so successful in like doing VIP days, like I teach people how to make their own offers into VIP days because of how 
I, I think it just changed my whole, it just changed my whole life doing the VIP days because otherwise I was, um, I was dying. I was drowning in client work, right? Because like you mentioned, I had basically that mentality that I think a lot of uh, women have when they first start their businesses, there's a lot of people pleasing in there. There's no boundaries because you want to make the client happy. And so even though the client seems happy, if they ask for something else, you don't um, say, okay, yeah, I can do that, but it's going to cost you extra. You just do it. Right. Right. So you suck it up and you do it. And then at the same time, you don't have just one boss. You have about 15 bosses. Right. And and all those bosses are at the same time screaming to you like, I want my thing. I want my thing, you know, Um, but you can't, you know, it's hard to juggle all of those. And then simultaneously, you need to be looking for more clients. Right. Because you need to have that income continuously coming in. And so once I had started doing the VIP days, I think it was in 2019 that I started doing them. They tremendously changed my business and my life, you know, as a whole. So I can definitely say like, if you're going to do any type of service, I I think that VIP days are the way to go in order to retain your sanity, especially if you have children and multiple, um, responsibilities. Right? Yeah. No, I totally hear that. And that's why I basically teach productized services, which is essentially like, like, I think that people also get like very nervous. Cause I think also I had clients who are like very creative. Right. And like, they're like, I cannot, I can't be creative in a day. Like I need time to like percolate and think. And I'm like, okay, so do a week or do a month. Right. But having a very um, designated like block, whatever that block is, um, that is productized. Like this is what you get. And mm-hmm. this is how you get it. You can add on this or add on that if you want to, and you're going to pay for it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's very, very specific and in a very, very specific timeline because right. when you have this, and I think the timeline is the most important thing, no matter what that is, whether it's a day, whether it's a week, right? Because that timeline gives you, it also gives you the ability to figure out how many clients you can hold at a time mm-hmm. and you know how to charge accordingly for that. And it also gives the clients like, do you know how how many times you just sit and how many times you just sit and wait for a client to get back to you to approve something or like right. just give you the copy for this or give you the copy for that or be like you know and you're just like you know and if you're like listen I'm giving you like this week right so this has to be done by this week so you need to be available to answer my questions during this week you need to be available to look mm-hmm. at stuff within 24 hours right and so it will also the the client will value your time more as well because you're you're creating that boundary for them so yeah I totally I totally agree like I. And I even, I used to do VIP days and I, I couldn't do them anymore because my, I had a baby. So right. I started doing, it was like a, a split VIP day where I do an intro call one evening After. and then mm-hmm. I would do all the work the next day while, you know, while she was around. I had her home with me for the first year. That was my best year of business, like to date until then. Right. Like I made almost 200K that year and I was working like maybe two to four hours a day and she was home with me the whole time. Right. So I would just get my work done throughout the day and then we'd have a wrap up call the next evening. And so it was like a 24 hour period. But it mm-hmm. wasn't like a straight full day because that was what worked for my time zone and that was what worked for my life. Right, so I think right. that you can be really creative about it and still be able to keep really firm boundaries um, that that feel really good to you and, and work with your schedule and work with your life. Yeah, and I agree. Like if you can't split it up, I have clients where I've split it up and made it a week or seeming like a week. But what I, you know, have tried to say is like 
for me, I will do my strategy call like um, seven days prior to their actual start date. And, and during that strategy call, like I've already gotten all of their stuff that they need to turn in and all of the things, uh, all the images and all of that stuff. So during the strategy, you're like, we're just reviewing it. That I feel like for me, gave me enough time to um, kind of digest everything and then when the vip days happened then i was able to like do the work and my clients were um you know available to give me feedback right away that day because we had scheduled that time to be together and i I think that other than that it was you know before when i was just working services in the wild it was you know you wait two or three days for some feedback. And by then you've kind of lost momentum and moved on to another client. And um, so whoever thought of, you know, putting VIP days into a, (laughs) a service was a genius and, you know, has definitely changed my life. So I was looking over your uh, services or, or your groups earlier. And so I'm wondering what is the difference between the CEO mom mastermind and the Academy? What's the difference? Yeah, it's a very, very easy difference. So the CEO mom Academy is more for service providers, who are more like the one to three K a month level that um, typically are either virtual assistants who are selling like hourly packages or like, I do all these things, Um, you know, and just kind of like, you know, they don't, they, they're, they're, they're booked out technically. Oh, I I did the thing with the balloons. Um, They're booked out. (laughs) I almost did it. Um, They're technically like booked out, but they're still not hitting their income goals because they just hit their, their, their hourly cap. And I think like, especially, especially for moms. Okay. Like you cannot work hourly because you will not have enough hours to make the money that you want to make unless you're charging like $500 an hour, which, you know, whatever. Like I, I really, really feel that like I I'm very, very, very against that. So the CEO mom Academy teaches them how to turn their services create a signature offer, um, get really clear on the messaging and the ideal client for the signature offer, um, turn it into a productized, you know, turn their service into a productized service and be known for a very specific thing. And so that they, they can book themselves out without burning out and still be able to hit their income goals. So they, you know, hold, you know, two clients a month, but if each client is $5,000 instead of, you know, a thousand dollars, then they don't need to be like, oh my God, like this is, this is too much. I can't. Right. So the CEO mom academy is worth teaching them how to upgrade their services and how to market consistently, how to, um, how to get their message across, how to up, just upgrade their mindset and their offers to speak to a more premium buyer in general. Um, and the CEO mom mastermind is for, the, is for those women who already have, they're already making money. They know how to make money. They've maybe had 5k, 10k months already. They just want to be more consistent and they want to expand beyond that. So they're like, okay, I know I can sell services. I've done that already, but now I want to make some money without selling services, you know, maybe I want to have a membership or I want to launch a course. Or I want to, I want to expand past that, maybe start coaching or for one-to-one coaches, they're like, I want to start, you know, maybe launch a group program or create some funnels. So the CEO on mastermind is much more, the, the academy is much more like curriculum based where the mastermind is much more customized to, okay, where are you now? What is your goal? How can we work this around your lifestyle? The CMA, CMA, the academy is also around your lifestyle because you're going to decide, like, and I actually give like 10 of my favorite types of offers for moms to offer um, in there that like, depending on your audience size and depending on how much childcare you have available, like I literally like break it down like that because I'm like, you have to decide which ones actually make sense. Like you could be like, oh, I want to do VIP days, but I can assure you with a newborn, you cannot do VIP days. 
I tried it. I did it once. I was like, never again. (laughs) So so you need to know, you just need to know um, what makes sense for you. And, um, and then, you know, the goals for the people from the Academy to get to the place of the mastermind to be able to move up to there. So yeah. So it's definitely like, it's a two stage sort of thing. I love that you that you break it down into audience size too, because I think that's important for people to realize, like, you know, creating products um, and coaching programs is um, is great, but more so like let's focus on products for a second. You can create a bunch of digital products, but if you don't have an audience for that, then it's going to be hard for you to sell. And then that's going to be really discouraging, I think. And so taking into account, like how big your audience is, then and and then creating the products or services or offers that kind of coincide with them is really strategic and very smart. Thank you. No, and I actually I actually do teach them. I'm like from like, like I have them from like once they know what their signature offer is, and they're really, really clear on that they're really clear on the messaging. I do have them create a front end lead funnel for that. Um, and I'm, because I'm like, do as I say, not as I did as a service right. provider, I did not work in growing my email list. And I, I sincerely regret that because there were so many years I could have been growing it and I didn't. Right. Yeah. But, um, I think that you can, I, I think, I think you can make six figures very relatively easily with a very small audience. Like, I don't think yeah. you need a big audience to make six figures, but if you do want to scale beyond that, and especially if you do want to add things like memberships or lower ticket products, or even a course, I cannot even begin to like, oh my God, the amount of people who are like, oh, just, you know, have a six, six figure business and launch a course. I'm like, you can't launch a course. Like I had a client who was like, I want to sell a 497 course. Um, and I want to make $10,000 a month. And I was like, okay, let's do some numbers here. <laughs> okay. Let's do some numbers here because I'm like, first of all, if you need $10,000 a month, that means you're selling 20 courses a month at least, right? And you need to spend money on ads probably because your audience is not very big and you need to get in front of more people. Yes. Okay, great. So how much money are you spending on ads? Is this $10,000 before or after ad spend, right? And so and then I'm like, so you actually need to make more than 20 sales. And you know, if you're doing a webinar, how many people need to come to that webinar? And like- yeah. Brought it back. We're like, okay, but she needed like, I don't know, 10,000 people a month to like see her, to see her webinar page right, right. before she like hit her like 10,000 goal, like above and above and beyond ad spend. Right. And so, so I really think that like the best, the best thing I, I personally think the best thing to do is to start off with services, a productized service with boundaries, right. Very specifically um, geared towards a premium buyer. Use that as your financial foundation. And once you are you have that financial foundation and you're growing your list because you're, you know, now you have, you're known for something. You have a signature offer. Mm-hmm. You have a lead magnet. You're getting in front of more people. Um, you are growing your email list. Amazing. Then launch a course and validate it. Not in a place where you're like, oh my God, if I don't sell this course, I'm not going to pay my mortgage, right? Like, no, yes. it's fine. I have the money. I'm validating the course. Oh, it did really well. Amazing. Now I can maybe start running ads to it, right? So I do think that that is, that makes the most sense. Um, if you were a mom, especially because you need to have the financial security to take, to take risks. It, like if you want to put yourself out there, you want to launch something new, do something new. I really do think that like, we're not the same as a single woman who's like, oh, I'll just take my last money and fly to Bali and, you know, and then we'll see how it goes from there. Right. Like we have people to take care of and we have responsibilities. And so it's going to be very hard to, 
be like, okay, if I launch this and I break even, it's okay because I validated the offer and now I can launch it again, right? Like it's going to be very hard to be calm around that if you're depending on that for your main income. Whereas if you already have the foundation of the services, you are really able to add on the other stuff without feeling like freaked out and like, right. oh my God, like this is not working. So um, so I feel really strongly about that. I'm like, please don't start with well, the course. I think, I think that's, that's very important. And, and then two, I, I remember when I started, I started in, you know, 2014 and I, I always wanted to teach. Right. And I, that was my main goal. But in my mind, I said, I can't teach something that I don't really know. Right. right. So how can I teach somebody how to do, let's just say web design, because that's what I was doing. If I don't really know the ins and outs of running a website design business, you know, so I thought to myself, well, you just need to get in there, get in the trenches, learn it. And then once you learn it and you're more comfortable, then you can start teaching. And I think that oftentimes some people who I've seen will come in and start te- trying to teach right away. And it's like, well, what kind of business have you had? Like, where, what what have you done besides, um, you know, have a job? I don't, yeah. you know, I don't understand. Like, you don't really have the experience in this field necessarily in order to sell. Yeah. I mean, the first, the first product, I guess product, I, I just sold a masterclass. The first masterclass I sold. And this was like, such, this was a huge thing for me because I, this was the first time I sold something and like it didn't take like the work of my hands to deliver mm-hmm. it afterwards, which was so exciting. I sold a $97 LinkedIn masterclass about how to get generate leads on LinkedIn because I've been generating leads on LinkedIn for like two years. And that was where I was getting a lot of my clients. Like they were coming from either Facebook groups, referrals or LinkedIn. Those are my three main places. And yeah. so I was like, I should do a, I should do a class on this. And I, I, did it. I launched it properly. My email list was very, I mean, I don't think it was more than 500 people, probably less than that. I don't think it was, it was a lot. It was the business in like in June, 2019, I think. Um, I launched it to my list. I launched it on Facebook too. Um, I was like, yes, buy it. 20 people bought it. I made $2,000 in two hours basically of work. And I was like, this is so cool. It was like, it was like such like a, it was such an epiphany. I'm like, wow, people will actually pay me for like my information. And then that November, literally right after I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I, I just turned, I took the masterclass, turned it into like a mini course, added a bunch of bonuses, sold it for Black Friday. I forgot that it, I forgot that it was Black Friday because I was here in Israel. It's not such a big deal here. And my sister just got married that week. So I was like, totally like, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to have this out by the end of November. And I'm like, shoot, that's the end of November. And then I realized it was Black Friday on Friday. And I'm like, shoot, no one's going to buy this because it's going to get, just get lost in like the Black Friday inboxes of like, whatever. I made $4,000 in one week from a $37 masterclass. And I think it was like a 97 or $97 or $97 upsell. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, wow. Like this is like actually working. This is actually working. And I was, that was when I first, and I think that was what gave me the idea. This was when I just, just, just got pregnant. And when I kind of emerged from like that first trimester fog, I was like, okay, but like, yes, I've been selling services, but people will pay me for right. my, my brain. Mm-hmm. And that was a big, it's a big mental shift for people, especially for service providers. It is very, very hard to do that mental shift from saying, oh, people will pay me for the work of my hands, which makes sense. Like mentally, it makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. Then going to like, oh, people will just pay me for just my brain. You know, right. like I can just tell them stuff right. and they'll pay me for that. Right. And it yeah. was, it was a really huge, that was like a huge but, mental everything. But I'm sure. And I think that this, this goes hand in hand. It built up your confidence. Right. And oh, so sure. selling the first product at 97, you were like, okay, like I can do this. This is yeah. it. And then you said, okay, I'm going to do it again. 
and I'm going to do yep. it again and I'm going to do it again. And I, and I think that that's what happens. Like, and, and oftentimes though, have you noticed this where people will try, they'll make this whole big thing, right. And they'll try to sell it and then it flops. And then they're like, Oh shoot. What yeah. do I do now? You know, I've and had those. Right. And then they, they try to pivot and then the next pivot fails and then their confidence starts to get waned in. And, um, and I think that that's another aspect of running an online business, right. Is because you think, oh my gosh, I have this great thing. And I've like come up with the next, the next big thing. And then it just is like, you know, (laughs) and, and, and I think that, um, you know, that's a reality of our business too, is like, it's not necessarily going, no matter how big your audience is, is like, um, there are going to be the the bad times and there's going to be the good times and the, and hopefully there's going to be more good and that's going to boost your confidence in order to get past all of the, um, the other failures that may happen as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think, especially now, right now in 2024, um, number one, there's so many more people in the online space than there were like a few years ago because of 2020, right? People were like, people quit their jobs or got fired and went online and were like, Ooh, maybe we can start an online business. So many of those like just faded out. Right. And some of them just stayed and it was, you know, and so there is a lot more, there's a lot more people in the market there. Um, there's also AI is a big thing now, right? So people are like, Oh, we could do everything with AI. I hate, I freaking hate GPT. And I'm like, I use it occasionally, occasionally, like I'll, I'll use like I actually use Claude more than than ChatGPT. I'll use it to like summarize my face my old Facebook live so I can turn them into because I want to re-record them as podcasts. Like I'll I'll, right. I'll take hey take this video please summarize it for me so I can just take this outline and then just re-record it again. But um, I really really do believe so because of that I think that messaging has to be so much more clear and so much more on point. Right, just saying 10k months is not going to be enough anymore because everyone's saying 10k months and like especially with these like these MRR um like those courses that everyone's like, oh, I made $2 million in the past six months. And I'm like, I, I don't think you did because I'm pretty right. sure that the, the people who taught them this were like, yeah, use my results to sell this. Mm. Right. That's, I, I have a feeling. I, don't, I, can't this buy, I didn't buy it. I, I didn't buy it. So I couldn't tell you, but I have a feeling because I'm like, there can't be so many people who made a million dollars in six months selling the same course. Like it's impossible. Like it's literally, right. I don't know. I don't see that. So I, I think that things are, people are savvier. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, they are not buying as quickly as they used to anymore. Um, so I definitely had like flops and like, I've done, I did a birthday sale last year and it was like, Bleh. like, you know, like a few sales, nothing like, you know, I did a black Friday sale end of 2022. And that like, was like gangbusters. I made like 10, I actually made like 15 K actually, cause I made 10 K from the actual sale. And then someone upgraded to my, my group program right. for five K. So like, that was like awesome. And I was like, wow, this worked so well. And I did it again a few months later and it didn't work. Right. So I think that um it really is a matter of like looking at the market, but also being really, really, really clear on how your thing is different. Um, and I'm actually about to I'm going into um going into March. I'm doing this challenge called Stand Out and Sell, where I teach you how to build your signature framework. Because I'm like, if you have a signature framework and you can define why this signature framework is different than other things in the market and why this speaks directly to your perfect person, right? You will have so much more confidence, so much more authority behind your marketing, behind your sales. You can get on sales calls knowing like, this is how you do things and you do it for a reason. And it's in this order for a reason. And it's for this person for a reason. And you have so much more authority and that, that comes through for sure. But definitely like having those, 
those dips is definitely going to make you like, I know it definitely made me lose confidence. Right. And be like, Oh my God, like, right. is anything right. I even sell going to be going to sell anymore? And you know, right. it's, it's, it's scary. Um, but I really do think right. that like, if we stay the course things, yeah. people are still going to fall off because it is not easy. It's not easy right. to be an entrepreneur. So I really think the people who really just kind of hold to it, um, get really clear on their messaging, get really clear on the person they're speaking to, get like really, really specific with the specific situations that they help with, right? Yeah. Like knowing exactly what their ideal client's day looks like and exactly how they're going to change their ideal client's day with their thing. Um, I really think that is going to be the thing that really stands out and and just being real also. Like because of AI, like I can spot a chat GBT post like a mile away, like Right. A mile away, right? First so, like, of all, it has a million emojis in it, right? Emojis <laughs> and words that like no one ever uses, right? <laughs> like, you know, unleash the elevation of the, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, yeah, bye. Like, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even reading past the first, you, right? Yeah. If you're going to use something like an AI, read over it. I mean, because I, you know, I do branding now instead of design. Yeah. I just focus on branding, and so, um, you know, I will. I and I'm not even. I I love. AI and, and, and all of that. And I think it's helpful for me because it helps me get an outline, but I don't right. rely on it to write all of my stuff. It just really is about encouraging me, producing more ideas and, and things like right, that. Right. Right. Using it as a helper is different than trying yeah. to replace yourself entirely. Yeah. I think you can't, you can't use it to write all of your stuff because it, it doesn't make sense. And, and then in that case, it won't connect with your target audience, no matter how yeah. much you say, Hey, my target audience is moms. And then it starts adding these weird, um, analogies and metaphors and things right? in there. And you're like, what? Like, yeah. I would never say that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I'm saying I can even, I can, I, when I see captions, I can tell if they're, if I can tell it's written by AI in the first like couple of sentences, I'm not even going to keep reading it. So like you've lost me right. already, right? right? Which is such a shame. And so I right. really, really do think that being a real person, right? And showing the real person behind what you're doing, showing your face, um, you know, showing like that you have, you know, real stories, um, you know, being imperfect, Right is ironically going to be the thing that's going to set you apart. But also I think that people need to start putting out quality content, like when it comes to their products and services and stuff and actually giving quality versus like, I've seen some people's digital products and I, and you know, that was chat GTP uh, or it was, you know, just not put together well. And so I just feel like, you know, just offer benefits. And if that means that you can only produce one uh, product versus the other person's five shitty ones, hey, that's fine. Yours is quality. And that person is probably going to remember yours more than the five shitty ones. No, for sure. And it's funny, I I literally had this conversation with a client like a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about audience growth in the mastermind and we were creating our audience growth plans. And she was like, so I think I'm going to do a blog post. I'm going to create a a new lead magnet every week for each blog post. And I was like, wait, 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 wait." (laughs) like one second. I was like, I would rather you create, like she has two target audiences, just two like kind of separate audiences, like two ideal clients, so to speak. So I was like, I would rather you work really hard and create two really, really great lead magnets, one for this one, one for this one, and then focus your quantity on the content leading towards those things. So you can test different hooks and see what's working like for traffic purposes. But um, yeah, hundred percent. Listen, I got a, I got a lead magnet from a very well-known coach in the industry. And it was like, 
promising. I was like, I'm going to tell you exactly how I made half a million dollars in blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, like, tell me how, like, go for it. Right. And I was like, so I get it. I download it. And I was so unbelievably underwhelmed. Like mm-hmm. I, I've never been so underwhelmed by a lead magnet in my life. And it's funny because I liked her content and her stuff looked intriguing. And I had, she's like one of those coaches I had like in the back of my mind, like maybe I'll work with her one day, you know, right. like maybe not for sure, but maybe, um, this took her completely off the list. I was like, right. this is the most generic lead magnet I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I could have, I could have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, I would, I would maybe put this out. I don't even know if I put this out as a blog post. I maybe make it as like a piece of social media content that's going to disappear in five minutes. But like, I definitely would not be a lead magnet because yeah, exactly. Like I think my best, one of my best lead magnets is my high ticket offer matrix for moms, which is like what I told you, like it's the free lesson I took out of my, out of CEO mom Academy with the, with the 10, my 10 favorite offers. And it is a training, which is about half an hour long walking Mm -hmm. through all 10 of the offers. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, a matrix, like a worksheet that they can actually fill out for themselves. And like, I would like that to me should be paid. Like it yeah. is worth money. Right. Yeah. And so I want like all my lead magnets to feel like, like they're worth money. Right. And, and I would that's pay for what this. They should. Right. And that's the way they should be. And I've, yeah. I've actually purchased stuff purchased from well-known coaches purchased like their little, like $30 this or that and expected it to be, you know, actually valuable like you with your free stuff. And I immediately, I was like, unfollow, like I have zero interest in her because she lost all credibility for me at this point, because if you're willing to sell this, um, and, and one of them was this person, she was walking down the street and she was streaming something while she's walking. It was basically a Facebook live that she then turned around and sold for $29. I was very, very frustrated. That is like, very frustrating. Like, I, I, need, like, I, need, no. I need something I can listen to on my phone while doing other things. So it has to be like quality audio at the very least. Like I need to be able to hear what's going on. Right. Yeah. And like, no. And I, and you know, it's not even about the production. Like I will happily, like I would bought things from coaches that was like a Google doc turned into a PDF, but yeah. it was so valuable because right. the it content- was Beautiful. so valuable. They were like, yeah. here's exactly what I did to do this. I'm like, okay. And they and they gave me exactly what I did to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, this is great. And I don't need a fancy PDF from Canva or whatever. Like, I don't need that. And I think that people very often get like really hung up. I'm like, oh, it needs to look perfect. It needs to be this. I'm like, you really, really, really don't. Like most of my stuff is actually Google Docs because I'm like, I prefer Google Docs as a lead magnet, honestly, because I can I can download it. I can edit it. I can fill it in. I hate having to print things out, right? And so it's not even about like the production. It's about the content, right? And like, yeah. is this actually going to yeah, move like, you a step forward? I don't know who taught um, who taught this, but what I think what it is is like people have been taught to provide very vague um, lead magnets so that the download person, whoever's downloading, will then come to you for the actual step by step. Right. I think that that's what it is, because a lot of these lead magnets are like that. They're very vague, just, you know, very broad strokes. There's not a lot of value inside of it. It's stuff that you find for free on the Internet. And that's fine. I'm getting it for free, but in exchange for my email address. Right. So that you could then try to market to me and sell me on something. So because it is an exchange, I expect a little bit more value than something that I could Google and find out in five seconds. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think that people are very much like, you know, sell the what, you know, I mean, uh, tell the, share the the what what and sell the the how, how, right? Um, And I think that like, there has to be a little bit of how in there. Like there needs to be some, and I'm not saying you have to give away, like, I don't think you need to give away everything, you know, for sure not. You shouldn't give away everything. But yeah. um, like, isn't even for service providers, for example, like that is the that's the easiest thing to sell because you could give the how, and it doesn't even matter because people don't want to know how to do it. If they're going to hire you, they want you to do it for them. Like you could be right. like, how I built this really amazing website. Okay, great. And now I know you know how to build a really amazing website. Great, yeah. awesome. Please do it for me, right? For coaches and, and course creators, it's a little bit different because like I don't want to give away everything, right? I don't want to. That was why I specifically I'm like I'm pulling a free lesson let out of my like a, right. Thing. Like let me have some yeah. like small takeaway that I can actually implement now and be yes, like, oh it has to be God. implementable. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can go and do so a thing. Right. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I was able to take that away. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying don't do everything for free, you know, or anything like that. But there has to be some value. Like come yeah. on has to be yeah. something to implement or if that if there's not then it, you're probably not a good fit for them anyways right for sure no and i and i think i think god i'm, I'm very lucky cuz i am in the world of a lot of coaches who do give who do give really really good stuff right and i and i really try to model after that i mean like okay like how can i when i download that thing i felt like it was so worth my email right like yeah. i feel like i would probably pay $10 $20 for this right like so mm-hmm. how can I make people feel the same way about my thing? And yeah. again, it's going to be a little different. Like when that, that's why I'm saying it's a very, it's a very, it's a mental leap from being a service provider to doing coaching, consulting, digital products, because you're, you're the way you have to think about things are, it just, it shifts. It just mentally shifts for you. And that's yeah. why the mastermind, that's why I have the mastermind is because it's not going to always be done the same way. Cause every, you know, one person will be like, Oh, I want to have a membership. One person will be like, I want to launch a course. Right. So yeah. it's going to have to be different for each person. And I want to be able to like give the room, like, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't do like these group programs, like how to launch a course, right? Mm-hmm. This is the way to do it. And this is the only, I, you, you can't do that because it's going to be different for every mom. And I want to be able to like have this space. I felt like very, I felt very constrained. Like CMA used to be like my main curriculum for my, my main group program, but I was feeling very constrained by that curriculum because I'm like, I, you know, technically right now I would tell you to probably launch a product. You're doing so well, but I don't, launching a product is not in here because that's not what this program is about. Right? So like, yeah, so, yeah. so that's why the mastermind gives me more space to be able to coach my clients in a more customized way, like around their specific business and be like, right. okay, here's a thing. And here's curriculum for my other thing. Here's my flash launch, you know, email series. Here's my whatever. And I can pull th- things in where, so it's much more customized and in depth Um, because yeah, because it's not, it's going to be a mental shift. And it's going to take some mind- mindset work as well. To be like, you know, whereas I would say, I mean, case studies work for sure. But I've done, listen, I've done case studies. I've done case study posts. People have still hired me as a coach because you know what? They might try to do it. What I And I'm going to, I don't want to share exactly what they did. Like, I'd be like, here, I had this client and she was, you know, she had a group program and she wanted to get more. She was not getting enough sales calls booked. She had people downloading, you know, signing up for a webinar. And so that was doing really well. But, um, but she was not getting enough sales calls booked and she was not making enough sales. So what we did was we looked at her webinar, right? Cause her, 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 her conversion rate was great. I'm like, okay, great. The messaging on the front end is fine. But the problem is that the webinar wasn't converting for a certain reason, whatever, let's fix this. We fixed a couple things. We fixed the way she pitched. Um, we set up the, st- we set the stage more for the sales call, whatever she booked, n- she, she booked nine clients in one month, the month after that. Right. Like I can tell them exactly like what I did. And it doesn't even matter because everyone's going to be different. 
And right. everyone's going to, you know, it's not, you can't take anything that someone else did and do the exact same thing, expect the same result because you can have a different offer. You can have a different audience. So right. I really do think you can give things away. You can really give things away to an extent um, while still being able to stand in your authority as the expert um, and still make money. For sure. No, I, I definitely agree. So let's, let's pivot a little and talk about how you are able to run this business and run your, you know, raise your family at the same time, because you do have a lot going on over there. Um, and then yes. plus, and then kind of managing the time zone difference, like how are you able to do all of that and, you know, still be successful at your business? Okay. So, well, obviously, like I said, there's going to be, there were years and there were years, right? So like, um, the year I, the year my daughter was born, like it was actually a really, really great year. And the like the first year she was home with me and the year after that, I had another episode of depression that really like pushed me down for like six months or so. Like it was like really, really hard. So you have to also like understand like you're going to be a human being and, and you know, there's going to be general ups and downs like in your life as well. And that will affect your business to an extent. Um, and the best thing you can do is try to set things up, obviously, so, he, so things can run without you, but you're not going to always necessarily have that. But what I will say is that I have four boys, 14, 12, 10, and eight, and my daughter, who's three. Um, they, uh, my husband works very, very, very full-time. Like he's a paramedic. He works shifts. So he has not, he's not reliably home at any point. Like right now he's, He's on a 24-hour shift in the Dead Sea. So like he left this morning, I'll see him tomorrow. Like it was just like, you know, so there's very it's very much um me and the kids at home most of the time. Um so number one is I always say like running your running your home like a CEO, right? So I always compare like teaching kids to do chores, like hiring a new virtual assistant. So at the beginning, it's gonna be really hard because you can do it better yourself and you can do it faster yourself. And you're like, why did I even do this? And why did I even try this? It's so frustrating. Um, but if you really push through and you really get through like that over that hump, um, then it's going to work out really well for you because they're going to know how to do things. And they might not do things exactly the way you would do it. They'll probably do it like 80% of the way, maybe 70% of the way of the way you do it. But um, at least it's getting done and you're not doing it yourself, right? So I, a while ago, like I unsubscribed from putting away my kids' laundry. I was like, okay, this is my new thing. I'm washing the laundry. I'm drying the laundry. Each of you get a basket. I'm sorting it into your personal baskets. Because what you know, you know, you know what happens, right? You do the laundry. There's this basket like this of like clean, dry clothing in the hallway or something. And in the morning, people are like, I can't find my socks. I can't find this, and I can't find that. So I was like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. But I'm also no longer putting away your stuff. So you're all gonna learn how to fold laundry. I taught them how to fold laundry. They don't even fold it that well anymore or whatever. Sometimes they just stuff it in their drawer. I'm like, I don't even care. I'm like, I don't see your drawer. I don't need to be in there. If you want to wear a crumpled shirt, like be my guest. But I sort it, I dry it, um, I wash it, I dry it, I put it into their own baskets. That way I know, and they know, that if they're looking for clothes, it's either in their drawer or in their basket. Yeah. And the only people I, I fold and put away are mine, my husband's, and my daughter's. And she's mm -hmm. eventually going to do her, you know, fold her own laundry too. So, um, so like, that's one thing that I just kind of like, I realized I was getting so overwhelmed just like by laundry. Like laundry felt like it was running my life. And I was like, this is ridiculous because I'm not the only person with two hands in this family. So, um, and you know what? The fact is like, look at that. Like they'll, you know, they'll be like, eh, it's not fair. And you're the only mother who ever makes this work. And no one else has ever, ever, ever done anything else. I'm like, yes, I know. Poor thing. Poor you. <laughs> you know, like, my heart bleeds. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm like, you know what? Like, this is important because you're gonna have to learn how to do, grow up and learn how to do laundry one day. So you may as well learn now. And, yeah. um, you know, also like, 
things like I think kids are capable of so much more than you think they are. We assume that they can't do things, you know. Um, I will say I assume my oldest son can do more things than you know earlier on than like I'll assume my youngest son can do. Like my youngest son, like he just seems so small to me still compared to like my oldest because he's so much bigger than him. And I'm like, no, but he's still little. He can't, you know, make his bed. And then I'm like, of course he can make. My, my, my son was my oldest son was making his bed when he was eight. Why do I think he can't make his bed? So we definitely have different attitudes to do, towards different children. So there is, um, you know, we have weekly chores which they kind of rotate through. Um, you know, again, does it get done perfectly all the time? Everyone, no, it doesn't. But like the most part, 80% of yeah. the time it does get done and I don't have to do it. I do a lot of other things. I know I'm cleaning up the house during the day. Um, I do cooking. I, to make sure all the laundry's in, in the right place. I think that it's a really important thing to realize that like, you are not the only person. And even if your kids are little, yes, they're not going to be so helpful right now, but eventually you know, like if you set the standard now that when they're small, that like everyone helps and everyone pitches into a certain, whatever, to whatever extent that they can, right? Like then well, they can still clean up, you know, in yeah, certain, for sure they can. Listen, my three, my three-year-old does clean up. Like she can clean up her room. Yeah. yeah. She makes her own little, she makes her bed, you know, with her little right. blanket. Right. So she, you know, obviously she is the baby. So she just naturally has less responsibility. But I really think that like, I think that we really, really underestimate our children on the whole. And I think that, yes, they're going to complain about it. But you know what? Like, listen, I grew up, I'm the oldest, I'm the oldest of six also. Um, I did a lot of stuff growing up and I complained about it. And when it came down to it, like when it came down to it, I don't know. Like I, I still can't see my mother doing stuff and just sit down and watch her do it. (laughs) Like I'm going to always just get up and it's good. It's automatic. And I don't think that that's the worst thing as a human being and part of society to be like, you know? So um, and, and I don't feel like taken advantage of as a child or anything. I'm like, yeah, we were a family. We all lived in the house and everyone did their, everyone did their jobs. And like, that's just how it works. Right. And so, um, and especially because I have boys, especially because of this, I really, really, really want them to, I want to raise them to understand that there's just jobs mm-hmm. that need to get done. Um, and yes, mothers do tend to take on more of the household mental load and workload, naturally because they tend to be around more that you know usually right not always but usually um but there's no like oh but i don't do that because that's not my that's not i don't it's not my job right that's not my problem right like there are there's stuff that needs to get down the house it's everyone's problem so everyone's gonna bitch in and that's just how it is um and and it was you know and, 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 and with my husband as well like you know when he is around um it was it was definitely a shift because we went from, I was a stay at home mom and he worked. So I did most of this. I did it like 80 to 90% of everything because I was home and he wasn't right. So like it just naturally happened that way. But as I started working more and whatever, he, he over time, like gradually started taking on more stuff. Um, and it was a hard shift for him as well. It was mentally, it was a hard shift because he grew up in a very like patriarchal home as well, where it was just very, you know, they're very, very specific roles and stuff. Um, and I did see, I'm saying my mom was also stayed home on my dad worked. So it was the same thing, but if you, yeah. if he was around, he would help. And so my husband, if he is around, he will help. Right. So like, it's not like it's, you know, so I think that that's, that's really, really important is number one, kind of just like realizing that you're not the only person in the house. And so you should, you know, you can organize it and delegate appropriately, right. Appropriately, um, to make stuff happen. Um, I also am very like schedule wise. I work very much according to, my energetic like capacities. Right. Yeah. 
Um, because like, I know, like, for example, like people are like, oh, you know, wake up early and get stuff done or like whatever. And like, I, now I'm pregnant. So that's it. I'm out of breath. I'm pregnant. So I can't stay up late the same way I used to stay up late. Right. But I'm a night person, you know, so I would get so much done, like between yeah. like, you know, 11 PM and 1 AM. Right. Sometimes. And like, I have to like work with that about myself. I also know like I don't do well early in the morning. So like if I sit down and start trying to start work at like eight o'clock, let's say my kids were all out of the house at eight o'clock, which they never are. Like, let's say it's at, it's at, you know, earliest is like going to be eight 30 to nine. Okay. So my brain is not still not at like peak, peak capacity earlier in the morning. Yeah. And I know that and I'm like, you know what? I'll just do a workout instead. And when I settle down at like 10 o'clock to start working, my brain works better. So like, I think that also like accepting that, understanding that, that you have your, um, I call it like the, uh, internal external, um, time task match, right. Where it's like, I'm not going to be doing, I'm not going to be writing copy at 6 PM when my kids are all around me and trying to, you know, whatever, I'm not going to be doing it at 5 AM before my brain even has time to function. Um, I might do it between, I might do it between like nine to 11 PM. And that might work really well for me, or I'll do it between 10 and, you know, 12 AM, um, you know, because that that's when my mind is working yes. really well. So right. matching up your tasks with your um, mental energy and also like your environment um, to me is really, really important. And I think that that was one of the things one of my clients was like, that was like, oh my God, a game changer for me. She goes, I was trying to sit down and work in the afternoon and it was, um, and I was just so tired and my brain was just foggy and non-functioning. And so when I just like did my chores in the afternoon and then I started working later on in the day, I could think better, you know? Yeah. And like, that was how her brain worked. So I think that's like a really, really important thing as well. Like I actually have a whole masterclass about that called plan like a CEO mom where I work, walk through like how I do things. I batch, I break things down. Like there's so many, there's so many like right. little tips and stuff. And I also have ADHD and I'm not taking my medication now because I'm pregnant. <laughs> it is really <laughs> annoying. It is really hard. I am not, I'm definitely not at like peak productive capacity because I cannot focus as but well as okay. I because you, know, you, pre- you prepared for it. So you already yeah, knew. No, and I know that. And I have yeah. to give myself grace about that and be like, okay. And then when the baby's born, I'll go back to taking it and I'll be fine. <laughs> like, that's it. Right. So, um, so I think also, also if you, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have ADHD a lot. And so if you know that you do have that, or you suspect you might have that, like go to get it checked out because mm-hmm. listen, my dad's doctor, like, so if there's something for it, if there's going to be something to help it, I'll take it, you know, yeah. like I really no. think it's not worth yeah. suffering and trying to work against your brain chemistry. Um, mm. you know, when you could, you could get, you could get, you know, medicinal help. That's, I really believe that. So those no, are I'm with you on that too. I think that, you know, sometimes a lot of people are very much, um, anti-medication and stuff like that. Um, I hear. you know, and there's, there's some aspects to it, right? Like, is it about certain things where you maybe don't need that medication, then maybe you shouldn't, you know, rely on it solely, but is it a good, you know, if you need it, you need it. Um, so if you choose not to use it, that's fine. That's fine. But like, if you could be, if you could, I mean, I guess perform, I don't like that using that word, but like, if you know that, like, you will just do so much better. You will get so much work done in, 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 in the, right. in the limited time that you have. Like yeah. to me as a mom, like time is very precious to me. Right. Yeah. So my work time, like I want to make the most of my work time because if I'm working, I'm not in my, you know, doing stuff in my house. I'm not with my children. I'm not right. So like if I can take something that will help me make the most of that time, I'll do mm-hmm. it. I'm not embarrassed yeah. of it. 
you know? Yeah. So, and, and you shouldn't be, because like I said, if you need it, then you need it. It's not, yeah. you know, it's there for your benefit. And so I, I see nothing wrong with that. So my last and most favorite question that I always ask is all about self-care. And since you got so much going on, I would love to know how you are prioritizing a little bit for yourself. What are you doing for you? And like, um, you know, ask me another one. I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, no, I, I, (laughs) I know it's like my least, I'm like, dang it. No, I do. I, okay. So I really do, especially to this. It's, it's really funny when I'm pregnant, I take care of myself so much better. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why is that? What, so you think now you're worth taking care of because you're carrying another human being and all of a sudden it comes out and you're not anymore. But like, I'm just like, like I'll, I'll eat better. I work out. Like I'm, I'm working out now, like almost every day because I just feel like I want to make my body like the best and most healthy as possible. Um, right. And I think that, so, I mean, for me, my biggest self-care is like reading. Mm-hmm. I love reading. Like I've been reading since I was four years old. Um, yeah. And I basically, I basically picked up a book and like never stopped. And I, I literally have photos of me reading while doing all kinds of things like rollerblading and loading dishwashers. And um, I actually bet my husband that I could read while I was giving birth. Um, I could not do it. I he, that's a lot. <laughs> I, I I did it. I read while I was in labor and even like pretty deep into labor. And then when I was about to push my daughter out, he's like, you want your Kindle? And I just gave him his face and he was like, okay, I'm just asking. Cause you said, I'm like, right. you're not even. Right. So, <laughs> um, so I really, really just enjoy, I really enjoy reading. Um, I also like, ugh, I hate to say this. I, I don't like, I don't enjoy exercising, um, necessarily as such. Um, but I feel really good after I do it. So, okay. um, so it's really worth it to me. And I started doing, um, these really great workouts, short workouts by Kim Perry. She's really great. And she, um, has like pregnancy workouts and they're great. Cause they're like very, very short. And you could do, you could do like whatever, two rounds or three rounds or four rounds if you want, like however many you need. So I feel like even if I did like three rounds of five minutes, I'm like, you know what? Like that's better I did than that. myself today and I took right. care of myself today. So the two, a few things that I do for self-care. So like, first of all, before I work, I really do my best. Like I do, like I have my tea in the morning. Um, I don't, I can't drink coffee when I'm pregnant, not because I'm not allowed to, but because like, I actually can't stomach it. It's really annoying because I was very tired for like a good month. because I couldn't, I couldn't even like smell it. Um, so I have like my tea and I do my journaling. Um, I have this really nice playlist that I listen to while I'm doing my journaling. And I started doing breath work also like for like 10 minutes or so, which feels really, really good. Um, and I really try to like give myself time to just time to like read and just time to, you know, not work because my tendency will be like if I'm kind of in the zone, you know, mm-hmm. I'll work late into the night because like just I'm in the zone. Like I don't re- resent it, but it will naturally happen because that's like that's when my mind is most awake and everything. And so I really try to like give myself like a, like a cutoff where I'm like, no, if you want to like go into bed, read from bed, um, try to do that. And yeah, and really just like spending time with friends. We don't get together as much as we'd like to, but um, you know, getting together with my sisters as well, um, which is really, really nice. I have, well, I have one sister who lives in the area, um, another one who's moving to the area in, in May. Yeah. So, um, so that's like really, really nice. And like, yeah, I guess for me, like, I, I, I don't subscribe to these, like, Oh, I have to have my morning routine. Like your morning routine is like an hour long. Right. Because like, let's be real. Like mm-hmm. we don't have an extra random hour to just do, unless you wake up early, you could wake up early if you want to, I don't want to. So, right, right. so I will, but I really try to like really, um, be very intentional before I start working to doing the journaling and really just getting like, just getting it all out. And like, usually I start, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't have time for this. But then I start mm-hmm. like writing 
and I just, I, I'll fill up like four pages, you know, of like yeah. stuff and thoughts and ideas and things. And like, it really, really, really does help me because it gets so much out of my head. I, I don't know if you noticed, but I speak very fast. I'm from New York. Like I, 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 I live my life at like two X speed. So my mind is always racing, especially, I guess maybe ADHD too. I don't know, but um, my mind's always <laughs> racing. It's always full of like ideas and thoughts and stuff. And so this really helps me just kind of really slow down. And like, I yeah. like having like my tea. And I make it like a thing and I have like my morning playlist, um, which which Spotify gave me. It gave me this random day list one day and I was like, I love this music. This is so great. So I saved it. And now it's like my journaling, my journaling thing um, and the breath work as well. I really try to make time for that every single day. And and really like the working out and like walking and stuff, like I'll bring my daughter to school on the bus, but I walk back. So I have like some fresh air. Yeah. Um, and that really, really helps me. Like I really feel like it makes a difference to my day when I was out in the morning then when I just like send, I'm like, can you just bring her to school? And my husband goes, it's more convenient for me for sure. But like, I feel like I don't have like that same start to the day. So yeah. So really just incorporating those basic things um, and just letting myself have time to read. And I like, I will just, again, like it's, I sound like obsessed, but like I'm currently reading like probably four or five books. I love it. At the moment. So yeah. I have like one self-development book and then one like fantasy book and then I have a random historical romance novel. And then I have like a Kindle Unlimited something that I'm re- and I'll just, I just kind of like cycle through and, um, yeah. I love that too. I love to read. I like to listen to audiobooks also and, you know, various podcasts and stuff too. Um, but I find myself listening more than reading because when I was, when my kids were younger, I used to read, you know, actual physical books all the time. And then when they were toddlers, they always wanted to take my book or like move my book out of the way. And so I started reading on my phone um, so that they wouldn't realize that I wasn't paying attention to them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, know I also read a lot on my phone or yeah, I have a Kindle, but I also have a Kindle app on my phone. So I read a lot on my phone also. Yeah. yeah. But there's some books that I will buy intentionally that are physical books versus the ones that are um, electronic. And the reason why I do that is especially if they have any exercises in there or there's like prompts or anything like that. I want the actual physical book uh, for those versus the ones. So since we talked, since you mentioned like self-help, like, do you have a favorite self-help book that you like recommend? Oh God. I'm like, gosh, tell me to pick a favorite child. Um, I think my favorite, favorite one really, and it's such a typical one is the big leap. Like that really, like that was like, I go back to it like at least twice or three times a year or something because it like it's just it's very basic but it really 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 helps me um it just really helps me it's kind of like be able to identify like when I might be just self-sabotaging I'm like I know I I totally self-sabotage like my coach is like yeah like you try to make things harder for yourself it's like you believe like it's like you're you're like addicted to like struggling and I'm like Mm -hmm. yeah because a lot of things have been really hard for me in my life and so I'm just that's what I'm used to doing and if things are working really well I'm like what's wrong (laughs) like what's going on what's what's happening next Mine, so I, I, I recognize that. My favorite is um, You Are a Badass. That's like one of the first. That was also one of my first ones. 
Yeah, it was like one of my first ones. And it really, and my first coach, when I first started my business, um, she told me and, you know, straight away, she said, um, you have a mindset problem. Now, mind you, this was 10 years ago. I had no idea even what mindset was. Right. right? So, um, you know, I started figuring out what it was. And then that's when I got a hold of that book. And it was between the two, you know, the journaling, the affirmations and reading that book, there was some type of, you know, switch that just flipped for me and it really yeah. helped me. And I think that that's the power of, uh, of reading and journaling. Um, the two of those together are just like a power couple, you know? Yeah. They no, that's really a really good one too. Yeah. That's a really um, good one too. So um, just to wrap things up, because we are, I could sit here and talk to you all day long, but yeah, it's I'm so fun. I'm going to let you go. Um, where can everyone find you? Like, where are you on this internet? Um, okay. So mostly I hang out on Instagram. Like I'm doing stories every day. So Instagram at the, the Yael Bendahan. Um, I'm probably the only Yael Bendahan that is a coach. So if you just find my name on here and search for it, you will find me. Um, so um, and I also, I also hang out on Facebook a little bit, but mostly on Instagram. Um, I do also have a podcast called Raising Your Business. Um, which is, I, I don't always talk about motherhood, but sometimes I do, but my motherhood stuff is always like kind of intertwined in all my episodes because everything I teach is like through that lens of like, but how do you do this as a mom? <laughs> because like, I learned this thing and like, I'm like, I can't do that. How do I do this as a mom? Right. So, um, so it's, it's very, very much focused towards doing business smarter and working smarter and, you know, like behind the scenes and it's, 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 I, it's, it's cool. I love it. So, um, and you can go to my website. It's currently under construction, but I have a nice little coming soon page and it has some links to a bunch of my stuff as well, where you can find my Instagram, you can find, um, whatever free thing I'm currently offering right now. It's a challenge. I don't know what it's going to be when, when this podcast airs. Um, so yeah, please connect with me on Instagram and just shoot me a DM. Let me know that you found me in here. I love chatting in the DMS. Like again, as a mom, I can't do calls as much. That's why I limit my calls very, very much, but I love doing voice notes in the DMS because that's like where I make so many of my connections. So please reach out to me over there. Um, love to chat. Yes. And obviously I'll put all the links down in the description and all of that stuff. So thank you so much for sitting and chatting. It's been a wonderful time getting to know you and learning. Thank more you. About you. Same thing. Oh my gosh. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. And there you have it. I want to encourage you to remember that being a mom who runs her own business is not easy. We all struggle, but just keep moving forward and don't forget to make time for yourself. As moms, we are usually the first thing to go to the bottom of the list. If you need help planning for the future to create security and stability in your life and business with real solutions, not just sugar-coated suggestions, apply to work with me at ritasuzanne.com apply.